I hope you had a wonderful uh, celebration of Easter this past weekend as you were in your local church. It was our opportunity to go up to uh, Newcastle, Indiana, and our team went up and I preached at the Grace Baptist Church and something unusual happened. It was, it was a glorious Sunday morning. The church was absolutely packed. They put seats in the aisles to get all the people in the building. And the choir sang, and our our musical team did a fabulous job. And so I preached uh, Sunday morning on the resurrection and what it means and the matter of salvation. And I was about two-thirds of the way through my sermon, and I was uh, doing all that I could to preach, you know, with energy and passion. And right in the middle of the sermon, my phone Siri starts talking. And she says... Could you speak a little louder? I'm having a hard time hearing you. So I said, okay, Siri, I'll get a little bit louder. Thank you very much. Well, you never know what's going to happen in the midst of a sermon. I was preaching years ago in a camp up in northeastern Wisconsin, right in the middle of a a key sermon service that night. And a guy sitting right in the middle of uh, of the camp it looked like that the whole congregation parted like the Red Sea. And I saw one lonely guy sitting right there in the middle with his head down. And he had thrown up his supper all over the floor that night. And so I didn't know what to do. You can't, you know, preach. And so I said, all right, let's get some buckets and clean it up and let's start singing. So we started singing, I've got the joy, 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 joy. Anyway, you have to be a little bit responsive to services, never knowing what's going to happen. Well, with that in mind, I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah 40, and we'll look in just a moment in verse 29. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever seen anyone faint? How many of you have seen somebody faint before? Okay. All right. Here's the next question. Have you ever fainted yourself? Anybody here ever fainted before? Okay. Okay. Well, at this point in my life, I have never fainted, but I've seen it happen in lots of different ways and with a lot of variety. Whether it's during a wedding, I've seen this happen, and a bridesmaid sort of just passes out. It happened a lot when I was in college. I went to a military school called the Citadel, and we used to have parades every Friday, 2000. Uh, guys who were standing at attention for 45 minutes and they locked their knees and you could watch them just kind of fall over like logs. And uh, I remember not long ago here on campus, I saw a father who actually started to pass out because his son had tore his knee in a basketball game and his son was in pain. And when the dad saw him, he started to pass out. I thought, this is crazy. I was watching the whole thing. Fainting. Well, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah actually talks about fainting here in verses 29 to verse 31. I want to look at that this morning. Notice what he says. It says, he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no mighty increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Isaiah makes it very clear 
that fainting, first of all, is not something that God does. God doesn't faint. Would you look back at verse 28? He says, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Maybe you've never thought of this, but what would happen if God fainted, if God passed out? I mean, if God is the cause of all things, everything is sustained and maintained by him. And if the book of Hebrews tells us he upholds all things by the power of his by the power of his own word, what would happen if God fainted? Well, if that took place, then the earth would dissolve and the heavens would pass away. So fainting is simply something that God does not do, but fainting is something that we do. Fact is, he says here, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Isaiah here is referring to those who would most likely not faint. He calls them youths. These are young men who are at the prime of their strength of life. They're at that maximum stage. And then he uses the word young men who actually refers to those who are the finest, the choicest, if I could say it this way, the top of the class, the best in shape. Yet we all know that the best of men are men at best. Therefore, they faint. And the word for fainting here used by Isaiah is not referring to people that pass out, but rather it refers to those who are growing so tired and they're becoming so exhausted, they don't feel like they can keep going on. And it could be physical, but usually it's more than that because it's a combination because we're all, we're all wrapped up in one body physically, spiritually, morally, emotionally, and we become exhausted. Paul speaks about it in the New Testament when he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 1, therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. The word faint here means at this point, it means to lose your motivation to accomplish your valid goal. It means to become discouraged. It means to lose your heart. It means to give up. It's like soda pop losing its fizz and becoming flat. And all of us here are going to go through fainting spells in our own lives. So what is Isaiah saying here? He's saying that God makes to us an incredible and precious promise that he will give power to and will renew the strength of those who are fainting. So this morning, I'd like us to look at two things. Number one, what causes us to faint? Why do we faint? And then secondly, we'll look at how it is that the Lord deals with us when we're fainting because we will all faint. The first thing I want to talk about is the causes for fainting. And in verse 30, he he brings up two basic ideas or issues here. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. The word faint there here is referring to failure through loss of strength. You could just say human weakness. The word weary here means to be exhausted because of difficulties. These are more like hard circumstances that we go through. So it's the combination of both, human weakness and hard circumstances. So what are some of the hard circumstances that we go through in which we will often faint? 
Well, there are a number of them. First of all, some people faint under, under the heaviness of a burden. Would you take your Bibles and turn to Galatians 6? I want you to see this because it's very interesting. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 and verse 5 about burdens that we face. Let me read to you verse 2. He says, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's the law of love. So he says here to bear one another's burdens. And then in verse 5, he says, for every man shall bear his own burden." The word bear there means to pick up or to carry. And the word in verse 5 for burden is different than the word in verse 2 for burden. The word in verse 5 is referring to a burden, a load. It's the idea of something that you have to carry. It could be your backpack. It could be your suitcase. And in verse 5, he is telling us here that we do not all have the same kind of burdens, but we all have burdens that we have to bear. So let's take a father whose burden of responsibility is to care for his family, to go to work, to pay bills, to raise the children. Those are the burdens, the responsibilities that he has to bear. And so all of you sitting here as students have burdens to bear. You have the burden of your classwork. You have the burden of your bills. You have the burden of the responsibilities that many of you carry here as a student. You would not expect somebody else to carry your own backpack to class. You carry your backpack. But in verse 2, he says something different. And in this case, he's talking about us as believers helping with others who have burdens. This is referring to the hardships which come into our lives that are particularly burdensome and exhausting. There are some to whom the burden is very heavy. And we know that because we understand oftentimes when the student body, there are many people who are facing great struggles in their lives. Sickness, cancer, financial issues that are overwhelming. They've gone through some broken heartedness in their own family. And some of God's children are pressed down under heavier loads. And they're often ready to lose heart and give up. And they need others to come in and help them. I was very encouraged to find out yesterday that about 10% of our student body have gone to the office of student care just to have help to work through some of the issues in their lives. I think that's very significant because we are to bear one another's burdens. And here we find the need of God's power when we're fainting. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. God steps in to help us carry the weights that we're experiencing. Then let me say, some some people faint. Not only under the heavy burdens of life, but some faint because of the the length of a trial. When God directed the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were to take two routes to the promised land. There was the short route and there was the long route. There was the garden route and there was the desert route. So which way did God lead his children? He took them the long way through the desert. You ever wonder why sometimes you have to go through the hard times of life? 
Well, Paul and James both tells us that trials take a long time because they are intended to produce perseverance or endurance. It's always interesting to me to watch freshmen come to Bob Jones University in their first week here. They're so excited. They're thrilled to be here. You know, they're kind of bouncing off the walls. And then about halfway through the semester, they wonder, I think I've made a grave mistake. But then here you are just a couple of weeks before your your completion of your first year. And what is it that you've experienced over the semester? You've experienced what it means to stick it out, to endure, to persevere. And perseverance means to trust God by having to do something for a long time and you keep trusting him. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing for you shall reap if you faint not. We know that fruit is not grown overnight. The only thing that grows overnight are weeds and you don't eat them for breakfast. Fruit takes time. It grows in seasons. And here's the point. Don't lose heart in the doing of right. We can faint when doing a hard thing for a long time. Many of you are facing the burdens that you've been carrying for some time. You're living with, in, in some cases, an infirmity or chronic pain. You've been worn down by constant pressure and stress from a lot of different angles. You often feel sometimes neglected or forgotten or misrepresented. Or maybe you're like a lot of folks where you try and you try and you try and you seem to not be able to get off of dead center. You don't feel like you're moving forward. And it's during that time that we often faint during the length of a trial. That's why we need God's power when we're fainting. But let me also say that sometimes people faint because they sink in depression. David cried out in Psalm 42 verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? The word disquieted means to be bowed down, to be humbled. Literally, it means to melt away. It's the idea of being depressed. This is King David, the man after God's own heart. Yet he found himself in a state where his heart seemed to be going down into depression and despondency. What's interesting to me is that David gives no reason as to why he was so depressed. He simply cried out to his own heart. Have you ever cried out to your own heart? Have you ever argued with yourself trying to find out why is it that I feel this way? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I think everything is going to go so bad? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Well, David doesn't answer the why question. But he does answer the what question. Because he asks the question, why am am I disquieted, God? He asked the question three times. And he actually answered himself. He counseled himself. Of what he was to do. And what did he say? He said in verse 11 of, of Psalm 42. Hope thou in God for thou shalt yet praise him. Who is the health of thy countenance and thy God. What did he say? He said he, he, he preached to himself. He said hope in God. Trust in God. If you fly much. And I get to fly quite a bit. You will eventually fly high enough where you will be above the clouds. And what do you discover every single time 
And that is this, that the sun always shines above the clouds. There is no, there's nothing above the clouds except the shining of the sun. And the tendency for all of us is to live below the clouds, to look up and to see the clouds and suddenly we become cloudy in our spirit. But the moment that you rise above the clouds, you see that sun shining and hope is what lifts us up above the clouds. There is always power, God says, for those who are fainting. These are the hard circumstances we find ourselves in. But let me also not only say something about the hard circumstances, but let me say a word about our human weaknesses that cause us to faint. Because we all have them. Some of us faint simply because of unbelief. David said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David says that in the face of his bad circumstances and situations, they were overrided by his belief in God's goodness. Have you ever said to yourself when something went bad, God is still good and he hasn't changed? Do you believe in God's promises over your situation? Abraham was sustained by faith to believe that God would give him a son, even though he was past the age of childbearing. God made a promise to him at 70, he was going to have a child and he had to wait 30 years. Surely, surely he was discouraged and surely there were times that he was fainting. And yet it was the promises of God that sustained him. The cure for fainting is believing. Faith leads you into the light. Unbelief always leads you into the darkness. Unbelief throws you into a hole, but faith always gets you out of the hole. But let me say also that sometimes people faint not only because of unbelief, but some people faint because of anger. You know the story of Jonah when he went and preached to the city of Nineveh and he got angry because God blessed the Ninevites because he hated them. I want to read to you the text of scripture in Jonah 4 when it says that the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry? It wasn't just the heat of the sun that caused Jonah to faint, but it was also the heat of his own temper. He was angry because God spared and blessed the Ninevites. And many believers faint because of their angry response to their hard circumstances. They become bitter. They say, this is not fair. Warren Wiersbe said, circumstances are those nasty things you see when you get your eyes off God. When you want to be the master of your own destiny, the Lord of your own life. Where you believe that you deserve to experience what you have in your own dreams and things don't go your way, you often can become discontent, angry, depressed, and you start to faint. And it is when we surrender to the will of God that God gives us strength. Resisting God will always wear you out. And then let me also say that sometimes we faint when we trust ourselves. The Bible tells us here in Isaiah chapter 40, that the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. You see, when you're young, you feel like you can do anything. You feel like your strength is limitless and you don't realize that you have unlimited strength. Let me tell you something. There's a huge difference in the strength of the legs of a 21-year-old young man and a 31-year-old man. 
I know. Because I played soccer all the way through high school, all the way through college. I ended up coaching. I played all the time. And when I turned 31 years old, I felt like my legs were like lead weights. But I kept playing. And during the summer times when I would work as a camp director up at Northland Camp, at the end of the summer, the college would come in and I would scrimmage with the college guys. And I scrimmaged with the college guys up until I got into my middle 40s. And finally, one day I figured out I'm, I'm not, I can't outrun these guys. I can only do two things really well. I can pass the ball and I can foul. I was really good at fouling. So I decided that, that I was not going to scrimmage with the guys any longer. I couldn't keep up with them. So I went over and I started scrimmaging with the girls team. And the day that I quit was the day I turned to one of the girls and I said, please don't hurt me. You think you have unlimited strength, but you don't. And there will come the day that you will come to the end of yourself. And this is where God steps in. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. We are being brought to a place of greater dependence on God. And let me say one other thing, and that is we faint because of our neglect of prayer. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. The implication is that if we do not pray, then we will surely faint. It's like we have two choices. We wait on the Lord in prayer or we faint. Prayer is like the air for the believer. If you lack air, you're going to pass out. The power is in our prayer life. For many of you, you neglect prayer. And the reason why you struggle at this point in your life is you have no place to go to to experience the supernatural power of God. And that's what I want to lead to the last point this morning. That is, how does the Lord deal with his fainting people? Well, it's very interesting here in Isaiah that he is prophesying to the Jews who are exiled in Babylon. And by this time, they've been in captivity for some decades They have been living under a kind of a mass house arrest. They have felt abandoned by God and they have waffled on the edge of despair. And listen to what God says to them in Isaiah 40 and look at verse 27. He says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? In essence, what is he saying? He's saying to the Jewish people, why are you saying, where is God when I need him? Have you ever asked that question? Where is God when I need him? They were complaining to God as though somehow God did not know their situation or have concerns for their problems. All they could see is the long road before them and complain that they didn't have the strength for the journey. And what does God say to them? Listen to the challenge of Isaiah. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? It's interesting. He uses the name Jacob and the name Israel. That's referring to one person. And we know that the name of Jacob, which means heel catcher, one who's deceitful, had his name changed on the night that he wrestled with God. 
And on that night, he became desperate for God's blessing and God blessed him for his desperation. And as a token of a new life, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And Israel means you have strived with God and you have prevailed. God is reminding Israel that, that they are in a, in a crisis and they need to strive. They need to prevail with God. How does God deal with his fainting people? He tells them to wait. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What does it mean to wait? It doesn't mean to sit around and do nothing. This is not like going to the doctor's office and waiting to see the doctor. It is the idea of a strong hope. Waiting is when faith does what, fading, excuse me, waiting is what faith does before God shows up. God gives us his promises. He calls us to wait before him. How do I do this? I pursue God by prayer. I pursue God by meditation. I pursue God by believing. I pour my heart out to God. We live with the tensions of his promises revealed and his promises fulfilled. We're living in that middle point. Here's what God says. Here's what God will do. I am in the middle. And what am I doing? I'm waiting on God. But during this time, I'm seeking God, I'm praying God, praying to God, I'm casting my burdens on the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Are you you waiting on God? Those of you who struggle with these issues that I've talked about, anger or depression or feeling like I have to quit, and I understand, we all get it, we all understand it. But have you waited on the Lord? Have you poured out your soul? Have you taken his promises and said, God, this is what you say. I'm going to trust you. And what does God say? What will he do? What is the effect of waiting on the Lord? What does he say? And they that wait upon the Lord shall what? He shall renew their strength. The word renew means to change your clothes, to take off the old and to put on the new. And what happens is a miracle. We exchange our weakness for God's power. It's like an infusion. We receive God's strength to overcome our weariness. We have a prayer meeting every Tuesday morning with the vice presidents and myself. And I'll be frankly honest with you. I'll be super transparent. I was kind of low this morning when we started praying. But while we prayed... We had a sense of the presence of God with us in the room. And each person that prayed, prayed something that God used to speak to my heart. And by the time we finished praying, one of the vice presidents looked at me and said, that's a good prayer meeting. And we all sensed a renewal of strength. God enables us during a real crisis or amidst a big challenge, or just through the daily demands of life, God says he will renew our strength so that we will fly higher, so that we will run steadier, and so that we will walk longer. We don't have to faint because we have a God that will renew his people and give us his strength. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. How many of you would just acknowledge this morning before the Lord, I need God's renewing strength in my life. If you do, would you raise your hand? 
Hold it up. I need God's renewing strength. It's available. Take his promise. You can't wear out the promises of God. The promises of God never get old. And, we, and, and you simply go to God and say, God, I want to wait before you and pray your promises. And God promises to renew your strength. Father, we thank you for your power, your grace, your mercy, all that we need, we find in you. And Lord, I pray that you'll lift up. And we pray for these, these who are here today who are particularly in a fainting spell. God, help them. Give them grace. Help us to gather around them and encourage them to lift them up so that we can finish the work that you've set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.